So here we are. This is my sixth podcast. Um, once again, thank you for listening. Rather, this is on Spotify, Apple Music, or if you watch on YouTube, I just want to say thank you. And don't forget to subscribe. And once again, I only have one sponsor right now. And if you would like to sponsor this podcast, which is up and coming, uh, please DM me, message me, let me know. And today's guest I have with me. Hey, I'm Coleman. Right. Pleasure to be on here. Martin. <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> All right. So, um, Coleman is a ill DJ. He is a DJ. Um, yeah. As you may have noticed, I have a lot of artists and uh, guests on this uh, podcast, but it, the format will change each time depending on the guest I bring in. So, I just want to say that before we get into your musical background, let's get into who you are as a person. Um, what got you into making uh, electronic music? Well, it starts like a bit before that. I got into like actual like music production in like a DAW mm-hmm. when I was like 16. Gotcha. But my musical beginnings were like a lot younger. About like when I was five or six, we had a grand piano in our house and I thought it was so cool. So I started, I just like play on it as a kid. And I started, like, teaching myself, like, the piano. Mm-hmm. Like, had, there were, like, books that, like, my older siblings had used. And I just, like, would open them and, like, I started teaching myself. Right. But, like, no one else in my family really played. And mom was like, okay, let's give you some lessons. Mm-hmm. So I started taking piano lessons, and it became my life. And I played, like, all the time while growing up. Eventually, by the time I was a teenager, I was taking from, like, a pretty well-known professor and practicing 30, 40 hours a week. Wow. Depending on if it was like the school year or the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so music was like my whole life. But I mean, at that time, it was mostly just classical, jazz, just classical piano mostly. But I love like all kinds of music. Right. I'd listen to classical music in my free time, but like that wasn't usually what I was listening to because I was already playing it for four, six, seven, eight hours a day. Like right. it wasn't what I wanted to listen to. So like, I listened to like, a lot of rap, a lot of pop music. And then... By the time I was a teenager, like maybe 14 or 15, I got really into dance music. Mm-hmm. And I still didn't like have like a desire to produce, I just like dance music. Um, and then I started dating a girl when I was 16, and for my birthday, we went to Steve Aoki. When I was nice. 16, and I was like, this is sick. And like, I was still loving the piano. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, the extent of it was like every summer, I Professor, he was a concert pianist. So he used to tour the world, playing with like orchestras and whatnot. He'd choose like a select amount of students, usually like five or six, and take them on a tour where we'd go like um, out of the country and play like classical concert halls, like legit. Like we'd have like ten or twenty minutes worth for each, like huge preparation. So I got like travel Europe, once somewhere like, even South Africa, once in New Zealand, playing these big classical halls. So it was like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really crazy, just like super intense. Um, and so I love piano, but I knew I didn't want to be a piano teacher. And right. I a lot of people who like take it very seriously, go to conservatory. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people do, unless you're like the very elite that is willing to put in like eight or 12 hours a day for just your whole life. And I knew that's not what I wanted. Like, right. I was like, at some point, I think I'm going to want family. And I think that's a key point. I don't mean to cut you off there, but you said you realized what you wanted during your um, career becoming who you are now. As yeah. A producer. I realized I don't want to be a classical right. 
pianist who has to teach piano. Like, not that it's not a bad living. My professor probably made a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a year from teaching. And, hey, that's great. You know, it was great. Like, I mean, he was legit. But that being said, I didn't want to be teaching piano every day. My professor was like, you know, if you're gonna be a great pianist, you have to teach. So, one when I was like twelve or thirteen, I started teaching students that were like wow twenty years older than me. Like so I had, you know, so I was teaching like, yeah. adults when I was like twelve or thirteen, like how to play the piano. And so I always had students up until like I graduated high school. And so I knew I didn't want to be a piano teacher because I was doing it. I was like, this isn't going to be my whole life. Mm. And my girlfriend, who I was dating at the time when I was sixteen, mm-hmm. who I actually ended up marrying in May. <laughs> so seven years later it worked out, but she was the one who got me into production. She was like, wow. you like dance music, like why don't you just make music? You're really good at the piano. And I was like, okay, like so why not? Your then girlfriend who's now your wife got you into wow. Yeah. So you know she I came that came full she circle. Was a keeper, so I was like, you're right. Um but yeah so I downloaded FL Studio first, and I was producing an FL Studio for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it was like all I was doing aside from practicing the piano. Like, one, this was probably November when I downloaded it. Like, even that next summer when I was on like a tour in New Zealand for piano, mm-hmm. when we were in the hotel, I was making like beats on my laptop, <laughs> and it was like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or my professor didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, after high school. I, in that time, I switched to Ableton about a year later. Yeah. Because, I don't know, FL Studio wasn't really for me. I right. found someone in my area who taught Ableton. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, like, I need a teacher. Like, and so I took lessons from a guy who did some online course to learn Ableton. And he taught me, like, the basics. And um, from there, I started just to watch tons of YouTube videos. And that's like, I think the best way to learn those things. And I want to second that. Um, I actually did go to school for music, mm-hmm. but and so obviously so did you. But nowadays, you can actually learn a lot from watching YouTube yeah. and just um, plugging yourself in. Like I tell people I come across, yeah. like if there's an instrument you want to learn how to play, they teach you in school. Like yeah. if you practice 15 minutes a day, you're going to be better within 30 days than you were the first day you started. If you just actually sit down and practice the chords. Definitely. And go through the melodies. And I mean, I really didn't even go to school. Like, right. I just had, there was a guy who taught at like a piano studio. Oh, gotcha. He like taught Ableton and mm. I think like drums as well, but like he'd teach you Ableton. Right. And I was kind of just like, I learned the basics from him. I mean, I probably had like, I went once a week for maybe a few months and then that was like an hour, like a week with him. So, I mean, it, I really, myself like I mean I had some lessons but then from that point like I was still in Utah Mm -hmm. and I hadn't worked with vocalists or on writing I was just strictly like producing records right like trying to remix stuff I just recreate like songs that I liked I still think that's a key you said remix um I'm actually going to start working on a few remixes myself with a few DJs hopefully me and you too because it seems like that's the way to really break um charts to get a remix and then send it to the label and say hey I remix this for your artist um what's up and get it yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's one way that's it's like it's one way people listening that is one way as, a, as an unknown DJ or becoming DJ kind of break the mold to start doing remixes of like um popular songs or maybe a song that's maybe that's number how I got like my streams like nice. early on like yeah, I like that um 
Like I did a, like a remix I did like five years ago was put out and then later it got picked up by Armada nice. because the single got signed to Armada. They liked my remix, they put it out and it grew and like it's not like anything big, but it's got like a few hundred thousand plays on Spotify. But that was like something from like the early stages where I just like was making remixes and like you just don't know what's gonna happen. Right. But you also learn and you get attention. I mean like right now I'm not really doing a lot of like remixing. I'm just focusing on more like the production writing side for mm-hmm. artists. Right. As well as my own projects more pop. I mean before I came to LA, I'll jump back a little bit, I was still just producing producing remixes were a big part of my career though because I won a remix contest for an artist on Splice. Nice. And that was like, that was probably like the fifth or sixth remix contest they had. Right, and you won. Yeah, and I won, and I got in touch with the artist, and I moved out to LA about six months after that. So I was, I was right around. I was nineteen at the time, mm-hmm. and so I moved out here after that. Like that was something that helped me get my foot in the door with like some different artists out here. I moved out here with the artist who I won the remix contest for. We ended wow. up being roommates. So it was super, like, random, Um, but, yeah, so I was living with him and just, like, taking a bunch of sessions and getting thrown in, and I hadn't ever, like, written a lyrical song, and I was, like, the first session I had out here was with another producer Mm -hmm. and a singer-songwriter. Right. Who does pretty well for herself? Dyson is her name. She's on, like... Shout out to Dyson. I never met you, but... Dyson. But her first session in L.A. There you go. But... Um, which was so random. I mean, the song we did actually ended up coming out about like a year ago, and that was like the session was three years ago. That's how so it works. It was, I, I it was a while. I mean, yeah. like some songs will sit for a while, mm-hmm. but so yeah, I moved out to LA, and then um, yeah, I was just thrown in sessions. I started falling low with songwriting, um, and I mean, between now and it's it'll have been four years in LA for me next June. Nice. Um, so. And you're here to stay. You're you're making it. I'm here to stuff. stay. I mean, because you got busy this year. You dropped a couple singles. You no, know go ahead and mention those singles on the podcast. Let them know. Drop yeah. Them. So, I was releasing through um, an imprint label through Universal. Okay. Under like a like small like record deal that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've since become independent as, as of about a year ago. Okay. And. Since being independent, I've been booking all my own sessions and just kind of growing for myself, like nice. figuring out like what I want for my career and just making lots of new music. Mm-hmm. But since then, I've released like a string of releases over the past year independently. I don't know, like seven or eight, maybe nine. Um, which has been really cool because they've all been independent releases and it was crazy. The first release that I dropped independently was last October, so it's been just under a year. Mm-hmm. But it was crazy. I had some songs on Spotify already, maybe a million strings, not like anything crazy. Um, but I was a part of the artist um, like beta program on Spotify, so you could submit your song to playlisting. Um, and it ended up getting picked up for Music Friday, which was crazy. It was like 19 down on the list and got like 100,000 plays the first day. And so that was pretty crazy. And I was like, cool, this is going to be great. I'm going to keep releasing songs and get plays. And it's worked. And I want to ask you about that question. Because um, I meet a lot of artists who make, artists, producers who uh, make music, but then they're afraid to release it. So while you're talking about that, how do you get over, um, I guess, the fear or the, 
the anxiety, which you probably don't have, but some people do of, no, I of, of, of releasing music and what people think. Because you, you went for it. So how, what advice do you have for somebody who's maybe stuck sitting on some, some, some music and they just put it out? Like, okay. just freaking get it out. That's like, okay. I tell my wife this, I tell my friends this, I'm like, mm-hmm. there's like one regret I have since I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. It's not just releasing things. Gotcha. I mean, so just put it out. I think I have like, 15 tracks out mm-hmm. into the world mm-hmm. that like have my artist name on it mm-hmm. and I probably have like three or four hundred private tracks on my SoundCloud wow it's like you know it does no good sitting on a hard drive okay I think I worried in the past about like what are people going to think are they going to like it are they not mm-hmm. you know you got to like test it mm-hmm. if you don't put it out there like you don't even give it a chance there is. You should say that last part one more time for the kids in the back. Yeah, yeah you know, if you don't put it out there, it doesn't have a chance. You know, I like that. You can only make a shot if you take it. Yeah. Um, and so just put it out. I didn't think I really had anxiety until I moved to LA. Hmm. I mean, I like started like I went through like different phases where I felt like I started to get like depressed out here. Just cause it's so it's so rough, and I was not living a very balanced life. I mean, okay. I was working 70, 80 hours a week. Like, Whew, it was you put, like putting in that grind. Non-stop. I mean, I was going to bed like 3 or 4 a.m. and waking up like 8 or 9 and then getting like, I'd have to just go work out in the morning for like an hour or two just so I wouldn't freaking like lose my mind. Mm-hmm. So I just hit the gym and then be in one, two, three sessions a day mm-hmm. and then be doing post-production at night and it was really rough and I got really burned out after about a year. Mm-hmm. It was like, super bad like, gotcha. to the point where I was like I don't know if I want to make music anymore like I'm just like so done with this like I wasn't happy even though like and I told I, my girlfriend hear this from me but I finally was just like I am not happy I don't really want to do this mm-hmm. she's like what else are you going to do I'm like oh freak I don't know <laughs> she's like what are your other like skills or talents or things you're interested in and I'm like well like nothing like mm-hmm. it's really music and that's it mm-hmm. and so I just had to figure out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out a way to live my life so that I was happy and I was motivated to work on music. And I, I think that's the most important part. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you're happy and motivated. Yeah, we, I'm happy now, but it's... We are friends. Full disclosure, this is actually one of my good friends. We've been friends for about a year and a half now. He's yeah. a good guy. I like Martin's him. a good one. He's a good guy. But yeah, I had to figure out a way to make it so I could be happy because I started to lose inspiration as well for my writing because I got to the point where I was working so much Mm -hmm. that I wasn't experiencing life anymore Mm -hmm. and so I didn't even like have anything to pull from in songwriting because it was like the well well was dry yeah I wasn't living yeah gotta live and so I took a step back Mm -hmm. and I started just to do more things that made me happy and try and like force myself not to work all the time yeah um and I started to be a lot more productive with music as well like the le- it was funny like up to an extent but the last time I worked on music like the more I was getting done not like I wasn't working I mean I'm still talking like that, working 40 you know, hours a week to like, someone who hears this I mean that makes a lot of sense to me and you but to other people who hear this so one, one person's going to be like, wait, it doesn't make sense. And someone else will be like, that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. I know exactly what you're you say that. Sometimes yeah. you got to step back a little bit and live to have something to put into the music and to be able to like, this is what I'm going for. This is where I'm at. Right yeah. Now. 
And it's a career where, I mean, even if you have like a manager or a label or a publisher, you really have no boss. Right. You're your own boss. Right. Like you can say no to sessions or you、mm. can work as much or as little as you want. And in, it's not like a math equation that can be finished. Like you can't finish a song. You have to be able to call it and be like, this is done. Right.、Um, Something that took me so long to learn is like just to learn when to stop, and I'm still not very good at it. For me, it's it's three mixes. I'm doing for me, it's three mixes and I'm done. Like it's like I'll do one mix, I'll play I'll play it in the car or somewhere else, and then maybe I might go back and tweak a few things. But I don't go past three mixes because I can't. You could be mixing a song for all day, all night if you、yeah. do like that. I, I, I just mean, don't. Yeah, I like it. I like to use. The analogy of like bread,、okay. like you need to knead it, but there comes a point where it's you're working it too much,、mm-hmm. and it's no longer good. And people like authenticity and rawness. Like if something's too polished, it's、mm-hmm. not. It doesn't come across as like like real and、mm-hmm. human. You know, that's the thing about music. It's like it's human and it's, human. it's emotions, and so. And you're right about that because sometimes、um, I was at one Grammy Grammy thing. And this producer was like, "Yeah, I actually hit the wrong note, and I transposed it to something else, and that made it a hit." We were all just like, "What the?" And that was the story of how his record became a hit. He did something wrong, and it came out right. So that's basically what you're saying is that you know sometimes being too perfect is not really the the vibe. You got to make a mistake every now and then, or maybe a little bit of distortion, and next thing you know, that's that's sound. Yeah, one of my songs that's out.、Um, So I was talking about that was on New Music Friday,、mm-hmm. um, and it's at like like four hundred thousand streams right now. It nice. We started in a session. Me、mm-hmm. and one of my friends. We started production, started writing. We like two more sessions, right? Which is pretty normal. Usually, like a song is two or three sessions to、mm-hmm. be done with like another artist. Sometimes it can be one. Like there's some songs where we go in and we work for, like five hours. We're like, cool, this is it. Right, but usually it's like two or three sessions. Yeah.、Um, so we finished the record,、mm-hmm. and the other person on it is also a producer, and so it's like we we're both kind of like working the mix a little bit, sending some stuff back and forth. I, I want to hop on that. So just because you said that we're gonna produce her, how often do you collab with other producers, and how do you how do you achieve that cohesion? And this is gonna be for other who can hear this, because I mean that may happen. You collab with other people, but how do you come to that? That thing, that cohesion of oh, this is gonna be my way, this is your way, but this is us together. We're gonna make this work.、Um, Just one advice, like how? Because yeah, I don't know. It's like every song is different,、mm-hmm. but I feel like in most cases, there's one producer who's kind of like taking the lead, like a little bit more. Okay.、Um, you know, whose daughter you're working out of more,、mm-hmm. or. Whose style it is more, you know? Maybe、right. someone like makes a lot more hip hop. It's more of a hip hop style track,、gotcha. so he's kind of gonna be more involved. But like, I work with producers like all the time.、Mm-hmm. But in the production world, like most sessions, usually have like, like not all sessions, but there's a lot of sessions where I take and I see a lot of friends around me. Where there's one producer and maybe like two or three writers. 
Gotcha. Like a normal session, it's like I feel two to four writers. Yeah. Like two to four people in the room. It's like a pretty that's, normal that's session. A, yeah, that's enough. I'm always surprised when I see, um, I'm not going to name any artists, but when I go look at the Wikipedia, they have like 10 writers in the song. I'm like, how is that possible? Well, I mean, it does happen. It, does, it, def- it definitely it happens, happens in the all the time. <laughs> and sometimes, like I've been in those sessions where we have like, six or seven or eight people in the room and they're like kind of the worst because <laughs> not only is it just kind of chaos mm-hmm. but I also feel like people even subconsciously mm-hmm. they kind of almost feel like they're like fighting a little bit to like get their eyes at ideas in there because so they, like they, they want their credit I mean yeah, I, I, want, I know it I can see it yeah. and so everyone just feels like a little bit there's going to be people in that room who have, like, are more established and less established. So, like, gotcha. and I've been in that place where I'm the less established, like, producer, writer in there, and it sucks. It's, like, not as fun because you, you really do want to be on it. And so you want to have good ideas, and you're, like, stressed to bring out good ideas. Hmm. Um, and sometimes, like, being, like, stressed and put under pressure can, like, you know, bring out good ideas. But I feel like a lot of times it's not very fun. I got you. It's not natural. But... Um, those songs you see like with like 10 or 15 people, it can like stack up quick. Like, I mean, sometimes, especially in like the pop world, let's just use Eva Max, for example. Right. She's an artist. Um, her producer is Circuit. Mm-hmm. That's like her main producer right now. Mm-hmm. One of my friends um, did one of her last singles. He started an instrumental with another buddy of mine and the friend played the guitar on it right. and he produced it like up to an extent like he was an instrumental and then he got in another session with his friend John Bellion and they worked the production a little more um, and they wrote the song with him John Bellion and another writer and they had this like song that was fully written yeah. and like had dope production mm-hmm. and then John was like I'm gonna have my producers touch up the production a little because I think it's be a little different yeah. like I'm gonna see what they want to do and they're my boys so he had them hop on it and then they tweaked the production a little bit it, it was all stuff that like my other friend who originally started the production could have done but John was like I really want my friends to work right. and so now we've got the guitarist mm-hmm. the first producer John Bellion and his other writer friend who they all wrote the song with plus the two other producers that produce his stuff. So we're at six people now. Probably and then um, they split and they split. Then it gets sent to, um, I can't remember what's his name. He's over like um, Ava Max on a lot of stuff. Okay. But he was like, this is great. I'm going to send this to Circuit. Circuit loves it. She's like, he's like, Ava, come cut this. And they cut it. And then Circuit adds like a little something to it. And then. Ava Max is, of course, going to take a little bit. And so now we're at, like, eight people when it really started out with, like, two or three people. And it probably could have been, like, four people. But, like, somehow we're at, like, eight. And, then, and that's, like, so normal. And there you go. And that's how it happens. Now, before we had to wrap this up, because, like I said, my pockets have been coming and my memory card's going to die down and I can't see it anymore. Um, <laughs> for 2020, where are you going What's your, what's your plan in 2020? Dropping more singles? Dropping some more videos? What are we doing? Um, right now, I'm doing a lot of production for um, different artists. I'm like completely independent right now. Mm-hmm. And talking to publishers and probably going to sign some sort of a publishing deal. And I'm also working on a lot of new records for projects that I'm singing on. 
um, I have a release maybe that I sing, I'm ready to sing. All right, maybe it'll be us because we're going to work on a project for 2020 for sure. At least one single, at least one. Um, Planning on dropping an album. Ooh, nice. signing a publishing deal. Nice. I like it. Um, before we go even more so, uh, who are some artists you want to work with in the industry? I want you to put it out there in the universe. That way maybe it comes to you. Post Malone. Post Malone. I like his style a lot. I think he's really dope. Um, Quinn 92, he's dope. My friends um, that work with a lot have songs with him, and he's someone that I'm working to get in with right now. Um, who else is dope? I, I, I can see it. I mean, I like Camila Cabela. I like Ariana Grande. I like a lot of pop stuff. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to chart. Like, I don't even want to put the, the fake vibe. I want to I must have put a Billboard track number one. Okay. Maybe we can make a track that brings Justin Bieber back to the top. You know what I'm saying? I'm throwing names up there. Hey, Maybe we can make a track that brings Destiny's Child back together. He's finishing his album. Ooh. My friend's on a few records. Ooh, Sam. It's like gospel. So okay. Maybe we could make a track that bring Gwen, Gwen is it Stefani? Gwen Stefani. back to the track. I mean, you never know, bro. Yeah, right now. Lady Gaga. I'm going to put names out there. Put them out there. Put them out there. I'm putting yeah. put them out there, man. Um, I want you to look at the camera. I want you to shout out your social medias. And I'm also going to tag them in the podcast. So Perfect. People can find you. So let Perfect. them know. Yeah, Spotify. you can check me out um, on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you listen on. I go by Coleman, C-O-L-3. M-A-N mm-hmm. you can find me on all social media as Pullman Music mm-hmm. yeah check me out check out my music alright man I wish you the best man for 2020 for the rest of the year yeah, I really do I want to see you win you know what I mean appreciate you doing my podcast of I appreciate everybody who's listening right now I want to say thank you thank you to my one sponsor Anchor thank you to Coleman for coming on here my podcast is upcoming um, hopefully by this time next year you'll be an even bigger producer DJ and I'll have an actual set Perfect. and we can do this all over again. All right, Thanks, yeah. man. You have a good night. Sounds good. All right.